Hello and welcome to the Barcast. I am your host, Nick Barr. The holidays are fast upon us. Um, I hope you're either uh, on vacation or will be on vacation soon. Um, I'm maybe going to Brazil uh, to see uh, Barcast contributor Bruno Valley. Um, I say maybe because uh, my visa hasn't completely been confirmed yet. But um, hopefully that all gets resolved tomorrow, and um, maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a barcast from Brazil, a Brazilian barcast. That'll be fun. Um, but I did want to catch up with you. It's been a while, maybe two weeks or so. Um, uh, I'm sort of tentatively ready to talk uh, obliquely about and around the election. My last uh, barcast, I think, was just. Uh, me reading from Hopscotch by Julio Cortazar. And actually, I'm going to read again from it, but it'll be sort of in the context of, of our general discussion, which I want to go back to community. So uh, a few barcasts ago, we talked about community and constraints, and I sort of put forward um, some, some what I think I call them varsity constraints. In other words, uh, constraints that go a little bit deeper than the way we normally talk about them, which is in the context of like a Twitter, 140 characters or Instagram, a square photo. Those are content constraints, but what about structural constraints? What about a community that's limited in terms of how big it can grow or how long it can last or how many pieces of content can be contributed to it? Things like that. I thought were interesting. And following the results of the election, I would say there's been basically a crisis. Uh, it was brewing. And I think the crisis would have happened um, no matter what the outcome, but I, I suppose it's more urgent now. Uh, and the crisis pretty much just amounts to, what would you say? Communication. What we have here is a failure to communicate as, uh, what is that from? Cool Hand Luke, I think. Um, the idea that, uh, Something went wrong somewhere with the way we talk to each other or, or who we're talking to or really are, whether or not there are any merits to talking. What is the efficacy of talking? And so what I've seen at least is a renewed interest in, in community, um, which is a buzzword that is almost meaningless and maybe at best meaningless, at worst kind of contrary to what we really mean because a community sort of suggests a tribe of like-minded people and, and for constructive conversations, oftentimes we're talking about a diverse set of people or, or a homogenous set of people with diverse views at least. Um, so community group forum, conversation platform, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. Uh, the, the book I mentioned earlier, hopscotch, uses a word uh, that I liked, um, kibbutz, which was really more in the traditional sense of a community. Um, I'm going to read from, from this book just for a second, if you'll, if you'll entertain me. This book is so good. I, I don't recommend it, though. I actually actively don't. Like, I disrecommend it. Um, but right now, our, our hero, uh, Oliveira 
has been thinking a lot about sort of finding a kibbutz, uh, finding his tribe or something. I don't quite know what he's up to yet. Um, the book gets very bleak. Uh, I guess spoiler alert. So feel free to tap that fast forward 30 seconds icon if you don't want this book spoiled for you. But in the first third, the girl who he's shacked up with, La Maga, um, they're all bohemian, sort of chilling on the floor in, in, in an apartment in Paris. And uh, her baby dies, basically due to neglect. And so there's sort of a scene and she ups and leaves and he's bummed out. And now he's thinking about drowning himself. He's, he thinks maybe she drowned herself. And so he says, or the, uh, I would say Cortassar says, it wasn't as cold along the Seine as in the street. So Oliveira raised the collar of his lumber jacket and went over to look at the water. Since he wasn't the jumping off type, he looked for a bridge to get under and do some thinking about that business of the kibbutz. For some time now, the idea of the kibbutz had been working on him, a kibbutz of desire. Strange that all of a sudden an expression should come up like that, one that has no meaning, a kibbutz of desire, until the third time around it begins to take on some meaning, little by little, and suddenly the expression doesn't seem so absurd anymore, like a sentence such as, hope that lush palmyra, a completely absurd phrase, a sonorous rumbling of the bowels, while the kibbutz of desire is not absurd at all. It's a way of summing up closed in tight this wandering around from promenade to promenade. Kibbutz, colony, settlement, taking root, the chosen place in which to raise the final tent, where you can walk out into the night and have your face washed by time, and join up with the world, with that great madness, with that great stupidity, lay yourself bare to the crystallization of desire, of the meeting, Watch out, Horacio Oliveira, observe, sitting down on the rim along the water's edge, listening to the snoring of the clochard under the piles of newspapers and burlap bags. So kind of a funky paragraph. Um, clochard, I think, is a bag lady, right? Um, my French is non-existent, and there's lots of like little French snippets like that. Uh, anyway, a bit of a tangent. Point is, uh, who cares what word we're talking about? The conversation platform is maybe the most extensible and also the grossest, like really a horrible little phrase. Um, anyway, so so uh, what are we going to do? Uh, we've got a crisis. The, these conversations aren't working, um, and I'm really glad. I'm, I'm glad we're having this crisis because this is a crisis that I've been live living in and mired in for like forever. I don't, it's hard for me to trace back the origins of this crisis, but I know I was a very precocious writer and thinker in like middle school. Um, and my writing got like a little bit whacker in high school and a little bit whacker in college. And now my writing is really whack. And I have this sort of performance anxiety about writing, like a deep mistrust of my writing and, and sort of uh, disgust with my writing. And like, uh, try to strip it of any, any sentiment uh, that, you know, comes off at all as contrived, which is, is almost everything. You know, so most, mostly I just don't write. Um, I'm hyper conscious of creating spam of adding noise to the world. Noise is a funny uh, word to use because here I am uh, recording the bar cast and actually this, this format feels much nicer to me because there's sort of no trace of it. Like uh, if you're listening and if you made it this far, thank you. And maybe I'm wasting your time. 
but you know, you can, you can stop and no one's going to really stumble into it. Like my words aren't, uh, sort of like shat all over the internet. Um, there's just sort of this stream, um, that, that, uh, is invisible. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been dealing this with this for a while and I think the world and the internet culture is starting to come around. Um, and we're, we're about at that age. So it's 2016. We're, we're kind of entering the late teens of internet culture. And I wonder if, if as a culture, we're not starting to hit that crisis that I hit, uh, in my teens. And I wonder, I think it's probably pretty common. Like, uh, if you were, if you were a, popular kid and a smart kid and you do well in school, uh, it can be difficult to, to face facts that that's sort of your peak and it's a false peak. Like you're not the shit you just think you are. Um, but it'll never, it'll never get as good as that. Um, the rest of your life is pretty much like a humbling. So, so we took some lashes, uh, with respect to, how much our voices were worth. Um, but we're not defeated. There's all sorts of VC talk of communities. And, and, uh, one of those Andreessen Horowitz guys was like, how are we gonna, how can we mobilize the social graph? Um, some, something that I think is like, not, it's kind of interesting, but not really fully thought out because like the social graph is pretty mobile. The connections we have aren't, aren't that hard to replicate. Sure. I guess, I mean, how much better is mobilizing a social graph than just mobilizing your address book, which is already a solved problem. I don't know. I guess it's, it's marginally more interesting. Uh, but I actually think part of the beauty of, of a new place is starting over. And I think, um, Gina Bianchini, who is the founder of Ning, a company used to work at a, a, a community platform, would use the party analogy a lot. And it's sort of like, I don't know, do you want to, how emotionally attached would people feel if you sort of say like, okay guys, like we're moving over here. You can only move so many times before you're just like, let's start a new party. I love, I love starting from scratch. Uh, my favorite communities that I'm still on are, are, are probably, you know, be, I love them because the graph was different. Um, the people on Twitter are not the people I follow on Tumblr or not the people I follow on Facebook. Um, I can definitely see just getting rid of Twitter, like Twitter. Uh, and sorry to my, my friends who work at Twitter, but like Twitter blows and is toxic and it's kind of a cancer. Um, but I, I still need to be on it because of sort of the graph. So I guess I could imagine like a, a Twitter V2. Um, but anyway, I, I, that particular avenue isn't that interesting to me. There are some avenues that are interesting to me. Um, secrecy is interesting to me and, and I've got some pals who think a lot about that. And, and there are, a few startups that have sort of taken advantage of the zeitgeist that they really started as company wikis, um, but are now sort of trying to leverage the company wiki thing into basically a, a, a private community for anything. Um, it, it's, it's a concept grounded in the idea that like you can't trust your enemy. It's a backlash to working in public. Um, it's, it's sort of a more grassroots rave culture underground throwback vibe that, that I think is cool. I question whether I need a sexy new startup to do that or whether we can't just use Google docs or whether we can't just use WhatsApp. Like 
kind of feel like the infrastructure is there and we don't need shiny marketing on top of it. In fact, shiny marketing runs contrary to the, to the point of it. There's something cool about like the scrappy, Hey, we use, we use fucking Google docs for this. Um, and that's what, uh, if you check out Christina, she's project, and I, I just say Christina, she's project, but it was many people's projects of, um, black lives matter translated, um, into a whole bunch of languages for, um, people's, parents, um, who didn't really can understand the movement. I think it was called letters. I don't know. Letters to black. If you just Google letters, black lives matter, I think you'll find it. Um, anyway, that, I think that was mostly conducted sort of in real time on Google docs. Um, it might've been public, but you could achieve the same thing. Uh, you could achieve it to different ends uh, in private. So, so I think secrecy is cool. Etiquette. It, I don't think is cool, but I do see people talking about it a lot, which is like, how can we have constructive conversations? Um, someone referred me to, which I didn't watch, but like a video where it's like some white supremacist and someone else, some not white supremacist having a, a cordial discussion in which progress was made. I, I think this is, uh, I think there's a meta question here, which is like, uh, do we have enemies? Like, are, are we, are we all on the same team or are there some people where you're just like, Hey, fuck them. This is the enemy. Uh, and, and just don't, don't even let them distract you. Like, like why, why waste our time talking to white supremacists? Um, at some point we have to make a, a judgment call about whether we're trying to convert the enemy or whether we're just trying to bury the enemy. I'm, I'm on team Barry. Uh, I don't have a ton of interest in, in some of these people, um, I'm, I'm okay with an antagonistic approach. I don't think we're all in it together is going to work. Um, that's not to say that like, I'm not, uh, to be clear, I am not talking about Democrats versus Republicans or left versus right. But if you're, if you're a, a white supremacist, like get the fuck out of here. I don't, I, I don't know what to, to say. I, there's, there's room for you by all means. Like I, I'm interested in, uh, city states. I'm interested in breaking the United States down into little component parts and putting um, nutcases in one state that we can later go to war against. Like, that's cool, but um, I don't want to engage with them in discourse. It just makes makes you stupider. Um, so I, I, I hear people talking about etiquette, and I think it's somewhat interesting, but I, I, I'm not going to have any part of it. I think the, the thing that I'm most interested in is constantly asking ourselves the question like why are we talking to what end for what for what reason so what why are we having this conversation and creating platforms for asking the why like the why is the subject and then creating rules around keeping us on subject or shutting it down and i think what i've noticed I mean, I've always held this belief, but I guess it, you, I guess you could call it cynical, but we're, we're, we're lazy animals. Like we, we like comfort over discomfort. We like agreement over disagreement. We like immediate feedback over slow feedback. Uh, we like it easy. We like bullshit over action. We love bullshitting. Um, and by bullshitting, I mean like bull sessions, shooting the shit. That's what we like to do. Um, and so 
communication platforms that are agnostic about what the conversation is will always slide into that. Uh, Reddit, uh, Twitter, uh, 4chan, what have you. Uh, it's very difficult to have the hard conversations successfully on a communication platform unless that platform is designed for hard hard conversations. And so uh, enough about like abstract stuff. I'll give you one example of, of what I mean by this and how it might be executed in, in software. Um, uh, let's say there's a site called convinceme.com. And convinceme.com is a discussion forum where the poster uh, raises an issue that they want to be convinced on one way or another. And they are sort of the moderator of that discussion. There is a time boxed period for convincing. People can come on and, and, and make their point to convince one way or another the poster and maybe a small other group of people who also want to be convinced can weigh the merits. And then that post closes with a, 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 a determination of, of whether there was convincing or not. So this would have been great for, for the election. And, you know, if, if anyone wants to go run with this, I think you could probably find some people still wounded from the election who, who will gladly fund you or back you. Uh, hey, you know, convince me that uh, Hillary Clinton's plan for the white working middle class won't won't hurt won't hurt them. Convince me that that lax immigration policies don't hurt the white working middle class in in jobs like you know I, I don't know I, I mean I'm talking about out of my ass I don't I don't know anything about politics I don't care I really really like, super don't care but uh, but uh, somebody cares. And, and these people who are, are willing to be convinced are like super users. There's not many of them, but God, we know lo people love explaining. And so if you created a platform where every thread started with, hey, explain this to me or convince me, I think that would be powerful. Um, another, another sort of very simple idea is just, is just output action. What, what do we want to do? Um, I mean, how many startups were started around the idea of like, what are we going to have for dinner? Uh, you know, how many pitches begin like, as you know, it's really hard to get people together for dinner. That's like the wackest version of, of output um, based discussion, but it's, it, it's a worthy one. Like the only reason we're talking is to come to this agreement. And, and there are others like that um, uh, around organizing, um, around fundraising, around making a decision. And so, so you could, you could certainly make a discussion forum where again, OP, OP is like a real thing. OP is of course, original poster. Is that right? Uh, it's, it's the person who starts the conversation and they tend to have special privileges. Um, and so, in the first one, OP wants to be convinced. In this one, OP wants an outcome. And OP gets to sort of moderate whether we're on track for achieving that outcome. Um, and so I'm trying to think of like a – is there a good election example? Uh, any any kind of act of mobilization, right? So, so um, hey, let's, let's figure out how we can get on the phone with the right people. Um, 
right? Like, how how would you organize that right now? If, if I said like, hey guys, uh, we need to, we're not, you know, I don't think we're reaching the right people. We need to do this. Like, how do you r- rapidly organize a small group of people, sort of on an ad hoc basis, for something that has like a clear output and a lifespan and a timeline for doing it? Uh, you know, the closest I can think of is almost Kickstarter because Kickstarter captures some of those elements. It, it has a clear outcome. Uh, we want to get funding. It has a success metric. Did we get funding or not? That's binary. It has a, a time period. Um, so I actually think Kickstarter might be sort of the right template as opposed to other discussion platforms uh, like a Reddit or like a Twitter. In the golden era of social, there were many apps that were in this world. What was that one that got bought by MTV that was like purple? Um, but it was sort of like a countdown. Like you only had 15 minutes and, and time Time seems like a, a, a really useful constraint for all this stuff. What is that purple? Uh, God, it was, it was, it was sort of hip and cool, but it didn't, it didn't succeed. And, um, I want to say hotel tonight, but it's, it did, it did have an H and it was purple, but it wasn't hotel tonight. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, please engage with me on social media if you're, if you're, uh, if it comes to your mind and, and I'll post in the show notes if it comes to mind. I think, I think we'll wrap, uh, this was sort of a ranty 20 minute episode, which is runs a little bit long for us. Um, if this is my last barcast for 2016, I just want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing and a special thanks to, um, Brian Dell and Kevin Simler for uh, actually making a financial investment in the Barcast. That's super, super appreciated. We are well on our way toward achieving our goal of $15 a month to pay SoundCloud hosting fees. Um, I will also probably invest in a microphone at some point. Um, So thank you for all that. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. See you next time.